Hey, hello everybody. Trust you're having a great summer. How many of you are having a wonderful summer? My older one has been away. She's been in Haiti and Dominican Republic. She arrives tonight at 1 o'clock and my or 1 a.m. and my wife and myself we are having a huge debate as to who will pick up the daughter. Because I love her, I'll pick her up. So it's kind of a subtle case. And then if you're visiting with us uh, for the very first time again, welcome. Uh, we would love to have you again. Do visit us again. And those of us who are watching us from the video cafe, we welcome you also. Uh, we are linked up. We are one church, many expressions, but one message. And so if you're watching us from the video cafe, you can follow us also. If you're here this morning and you don't have a Bible, I'm going to request our ushers to get hold of a handful of Bible. They'll walk down the aisle. If you need a Bible, do raise up your hand real high so they can see you. Uh, you can borrow the Bible from us, use it during the service. At the end of the service, when you're done, just leave it on your seat and we'll take care of it. So keep your hands raised real high and the ushers will find you. If you have an electronic device, you can follow the sermon or the sermon notes on uversion.com. You can go to the live events on uversion.com. You'll find Portico Mississauga is listed there and that's one of the ways you can take notes. Or you can do the old-fashioned way. You can look at the notes in the bulletin, and you can follow us by following the, the notes in the bulletin. Uh, we saw the intro video, and uh, while we watch that, you're wondering, where, where is Pastor Doug? Uh, Pastor Doug has been away for a vacation. In fact, uh, Pastor Duane was leading the staff devotion, and uh, he had to make that announcement that Pastor Doug was away for vacation. This is how Pastor Duane said it. I wouldn't have said it this way, but this is how Pastor Duane said it. He said, it is uh, Jesus who brought Pastor Doug in our midst as a leader. It is Jesus who has taken Pastor Doug on vacation. Let us sing at this time, what a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> now, I wouldn't dare do that, but, but let's leave that as it is. The intro video we saw this morning, you can tell from the intro video that we are doing a series or we are part of the series called Getting Smart or Get Smart. And the tagline, it's there on the screen, it says, Wisdom for Purposeful Living. We are looking at the book of Proverbs. We want to look at top areas of our life where we can get smarter. And our goal today is to look at the area of money. And well, while we are looking at the area of money, we would like to take a, take a step beyond just money. And we want to focus on what is more valuable than money. You have heard of the phrase, too little and too late. I want to present another phrase for you this morning. How about too many and too much? That's how I consider our times. Too many and too much. Too much empty talk. Too much rich food. Too much emphasis on winning and on money and on success. Too much comparison. Too much commercialism. Too many meetings. Too many pages in the newspaper. Too much of sex. Too much of violence. Too many TV channels, too many neon lights, too many opinions, too many options on stuff like cars and sound system and computers and soft drink. Too much, too many. Now, I grew up in Calcutta, India. My dad was a businessman, and I'm grateful for that. I think I was around 10 years old when my, I got my first instructions about money. It was a beautiful Sunday morning. My mom walked up to me, and she said, well, here is 10 Indian rupees, go to the corner shop, place the order, pick up the breakfast, and pay 10 Indian rupees for the breakfast. I felt great. I felt so empowered. 10 years old, 
I'm going to do my first purchase for the family. So I walked up to the corner store on Sunday morning. It was always, always crowded. And I gave the 10 rupees and I ordered the breakfast. And then the shopkeeper kept, just kept waiting. Just, just, he, he looked at me every time he looked at me and took care of another customer. Looked at me, took care of another customer. And, he, and I just waited and waited for, a, for about 45 minutes. My dad figured out something was wrong, so he came down to the corner shop. And I can tell, I still remember, he was not in a good mood. He got into a major argument with the shopkeeper. He made sure the shopkeeper did not keep us waiting any longer. And then finally, when we got the breakfast, he gave it to me. I was holding it in my hand. I was walking home with dad. And dad put his arms around me and he said, Now remember, place the order for the breakfast. Make sure you get the breakfast before you pay for the breakfast. I looked at him. I was thankful. He was dying of liver cirrhosis and I was helping him in his business. And here was a father who was trying to teach his son about business and money. I'm grateful for so many lessons which I've received from my father. Now, if my earthly father was so interested in me and wanted to teach me about money, wouldn't it be true about my heavenly father? So when I turn to the Bible, the universal truth is that we all need money. We cannot get along without money. You need money to pay your bills. You need money for your grocery. You need money every day while you're on earth. And I don't find it surprising at all that when I turn to the Bible, I find over 2,000 verses in the Bible that talks about finance and wealth and money. In fact, the range of topics which the Bible presents to us is just beautiful. The Bible talks about budgeting. It talks about contentment. It talks about debt. It talks about giving, it talks about greed, it talks about honesty, it talks about riches, it talks about saving, it talks about investment, it talks about taxes. Render unto Caesar all that which is Caesar, render unto God all that which belongs to God. So it is not surprising from that perspective that when we draw attention to the book of Proverbs, that the book of Proverbs is no exception. There are over 50 verses in the book of Proverbs which gives us instructions about wealth, and it gives us instructions about money. The book of Proverbs chapter 10, verse number 22, it tells us, The blessing of the Lord brings wealth, and he adds no trouble to it. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth. It's a perfect undergirding for our life. Now, I did my Bible college in the city of Bangalore in India. And while I was there in Bangalore doing my Bible studies, or Bible college, the administrator called me to the administrative office right before my final exam. I hate these administrators. They can be such tough, boring, difficult people to deal with. And so he called me to this office. He was in power. He said, well, you cannot give your exams till you have paid your tuition fee. I was angry. I was not angry at him. I was angry at Jesus. I walked into my room. I closed my door. I pulled up the chair. I put the chair there. I took a piece of cloth. It was a towel. I placed it there. And I told Jesus, the only time I've done this in my life, I told Jesus, Sit down, I want to talk to you. <laughs> and then I let Jesus have it. I told him, don't you know what I've done for you? Don't you know I left my family? I came from a you know, non-Christian home. Don't you know how my friends have ridiculed me? Don't you see the sacrifice I've made? I mean, I just let him have it. Thankfully, you know, the college bell rang for the morning tea. So I, I decided, let's, uh, Jesus is not taking care of my needs. Let's go and enjoy tea at least. So I left Jesus on the chair and just went down and just 
picked up my tea. It was in the kitchen area. And on the campus of the college, we also had our local post office. And usually during the tea time when all the students were gathered there, the postman would come with all the mail and he would call out the student's name and if he had received a mail, we would get it. So while I was there enjoying my tea, a little bit grumpy about how Jesus was treating me, uh, I heard the postman call my name. So I went running up to him and he had a money order. It was from my brother who was in the States. Now money order is before the time of Western Union and the wire transfer and all of that. Money order was a wonderful way of sending money through the Indian postal system. It worked. So I, I picked up the money order, I opened and to see what my brother has sent. That's the only time he has sent me money. It was a birthday gift for me, but I'll leave that for another story on another day. And I opened it, and after the dollar exchange from U.S. dollars to Indian rupees, the amount which I was receiving was the exact amount I had to pay for my college tuition fee. Now, I must, I must tell you that that evening when I had to have this conversation with Jesus, my prayer time, it was kind of awkward, but it was a beautiful reminder. The second reminder I have from my Bible college days is if you come to my office in the drawer, you'll always find, well, you'll find this wallet. It's not a great wallet. It's kind of beaten up. It's been used a lot. But I keep this wallet, and this is from my Bible college days, because this wallet to me speaks to me in a very interesting way. My friend Gus and myself as Bible college interns, every Sunday morning, we would get hold of a bus, we would go to the city, we would go on a road called Cogburn Road, and we were Bible college interns at Cogburn Road Church. We needed five rupees to go and come. If anybody is here from uh, Bangalore or, you know, Canada, the only language, the only Canada I knew was Canada Gotella, which means I don't know Canada. So I would get up on the bus and I would go, Canada Gotella. Then I would say Erede, which means two, and the place I had to go was Bamboo Bazaar. So, Kara Gotella, Erede Bamboo Bazaar. And the guy knew, okay, I don't know Canada. I'm saying two tickets, Bamboo Bazaar. And I would pay two, two rupees, 50, 50 cents, Indian rupees. And then on the way back, two rupees. So I needed five rupees. On this Saturday night, as Gus and myself, we got together to pray, we realized we did not have five rupees for next day morning. We didn't know how we were going to go to the church. It was part of our internship. So we prayed, and then I, I locked the door, went to sleep. I got up pretty early the next day, Sunday morning, and I just felt prompted to look inside this wallet. So I opened the wallet, and when I opened the wallet, I saw five rupees. Literally that night, five rupees had grown inside this wallet. <laughs> Fantastic. And since then, I've been keeping this wallet just as a simple reminder to me that this is how God takes care of my needs. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth, and he adds no trouble to me. He did that to me in Bible college. He has done that, done that to me ever since then. It's a beautiful God I serve. In the book of Nehemiah, chapter number one, verse number one, it says in the month of Kislev, which is month of December, Nehemiah hears the news, the Jerusalem wall is broken down. He begins to fast and to pray. Not a bad thing to do. If you're struggling with money, fasting and praying is a good, is a, it's a good solution. Then it says in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse number 1, in the month of Nisan, which is month of April, he goes in front of the king. From the month of December 
Till the month of April, for four months, Nehemiah is fasting and praying. Then he goes in front of the king and says, King, I want to go and build the Jerusalem wall. And then in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse number 8, he comes out from, God's, uh, from uh, the king's presence. And the king has granted him his request to go and build the Jerusalem wall. And it says, because the good hand of God is upon me. Or another translation says, surely the good hand of God is upon me. And the king granted me the request. Good things happen when there's blessings of God. Good things happen when we seek God. Good things happen when the good hand of God is upon a life. I need the blessing of God. Proverbs is giving us a similar reminder. It is telling us the perfect undergirding you need in your life is the blessing of God. We know that in our lives, we all experience difficulty with money. We all argue about money. In fact, in our days, marriage should be a lot easier because so much good things have happened. The Canadian standard of living has risen in the, in the past few generations. There are more double-income families now in Canada. And yet statistics tell us that a key contributor to 41% of the divorce rate is money. They tell us one out of five marriages, 20% of the marriages that break up, break up because of money. The primary reason is money. People fight about money all the time. And it's not like the poor people in the poor countries are fighting about money. It's the rich people in the rich country or the not so rich people in the rich country who are fighting about money all the time. We fight about money. And it is from that context that in Revelation chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, it reads, You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, you are pitiful, you are poor, you are blind, you are naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, so you can become rich. What is God talking about? In the midst of our spiritual poverty, the Bible is pointing to us the need for our spiritual well-being. We are rich, but we are not really rich. And it is because of this that we would like to share with you three things that are more valuable than money. Number one, it's the word wisdom. Arthur Gitterman penned these words, first dentistry was painless, then bicycles became chainless. And carriages were horseless and many laws enforceless. Next, cookery was, was fireless, telegraphy wireless, cigars were nicotineless, and coffee caffeineless. Next, we had oranges that were seedless, college boy was hatless, proper diet fatless, new roads became dustless, and finally, new religion became godless. And it is such, in such a godless context where we don't have great examples when we talk about money that the book of Proverbs is encouraging us to walk the road of wisdom. It says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 16, how much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver. Proverbs 19, verse number 8, the one who gets wisdom loves life. The one who cherishes understanding will soon prosper. We all need to become wise stewards of money. We all need to be wise with what God has given to us. The second word is the word contentment. The first word is wisdom. The second word is contentment. I remember when my 
older daughter was a few months old, my wife Susan, our daughter Rachita, and I had gone down to Fisherman's Village in India, in coastal Orissa, to preach. Now, in the Fisherman's Village, you don't preach a 20-minute or a 30-minute sermon. That's not good enough. So usually for us city, city preachers, we go and look for, anytime we have preached a three-part series, we club the three-part series together, make it one and a half hours long, and then you preach for one and a half hours. I mean, a 30-minute sermon in a fisherman's village in coastal Orissa is just not good enough. So here I was, you know, going out of my way, talking for, preaching for one and a half hours, and my poor wife had to uh, breastfeed my daughter. So one of the fisherman's wife was very kind enough. She took Susan and, and Rachita and took them into, into her, she took to a small hut, and that's where Susan breastfed the baby. So on the way to the hotel that night, I asked Susan, I said, so how was it inside the small hut? And she said, yeah, the hut was small, but it was really clean, and the fisherman's wife wished she had one more room. A year later, I was preaching in Texas, in North America. At the end of the service, the senior pastor and I walked into a board member's house. It was a beautiful home, gracefully nestled atop of the most prestigious, most desirable lot in the area. Every window offered a beautiful view towards the garden. There was the gazebo, which was by the pool. There were three fireplaces. The kitchen had every convenience. There were well-decorated rooms, and I'm talking about rooms. And in the course of the conversation, of course, the board member's wife said, yeah, I'm really looking forward to summer because this summer I want to add one more room. We complain. We complain about the weather. We argue about who gets which continent, who has the best gender. He fills the world with food. We blame him for hunger. He gives us blue skies. We ask for rain. He gives us rain. We ask for sun. We give more applause to a hockey player than we give to God who made us. We pollute the world. We, dis we mistreat our bodies. We ignore the word. We kill the sun. And yet God... In his unfailing love, his love never ceases. <laughs> Hebrews 13, verse number 5, brings it to a better perspective for us. It says, keep your lives free from the love of money. And be content, underline that, be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. This wallet in my drawer is a reminder to me. It's a personal reminder to me. It means a lot to me. It reminds me that never will he leave me, never will he forsake me. Before something comes into your life, it passes through the loving and the sovereign hand of God. It's not a mistake. He knows what is happening in our life. So think about your home today. And I'm going to ask you a tough question. Where you live, how many of you can honestly say, how you wish you had one more room. Don't answer that. But let me tell you the perspective from where I'm coming from. Three weeks before, from today, in the month of July, I was in Calcutta, India. I was in a place called Sonargachi. It's the largest red light area in Calcutta, India. It's a one-mile radius, 11,000 sex slaves. 35% of them are children. It is estimated that 20% of them are HIV positive. I was there and we were rescuing 20 children of these sex slaves. These are children who have grown up living in a room which is as small as that piano. 
And in the night, while the mother is trying to earn her daily wage on top of the bed, these kids are sleeping under the bed. And there are no daycares, or should I say night cares available for the little ones. So if you're a baby, you have your leg tied to a chain to the bedpost. That's the area where I was. And we were trying to rescue these kids. A totally different perspective. Three weeks from then, I'm standing in front of you, and I'm talking about one more room. Philippines chapter 4, verse 11 to 13 reads, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. It is interesting that one out of six verses in the Gospels talk about money or how to be good stewards of money. One out of six verses. Jesus shared stories. He was a great storyteller. We call it parables. Out of the, out of the 38 parables which Jesus talked about, 16 of those parables talk about money or being good stewards of money. The number one topic Jesus spoke about was the kingdom of God. Not many of us realize that next to the kingdom of God, money was his most prevalent topic. His number two topic, money. Jesus taught us that a person's regard for money ultimately undermines their priorities. In fact, the Bible warns us. It says in 1 Timothy 6 verse number 10, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith. Possessing money is not evil, evil in itself. Being wealthy is not evil. Being rich is not evil. But esteeming it higher than God is a grave mistake. Wisdom teaches us to be good stewards of what God has given to us. Contentment teaches us to be satisfied with what God has given to us. Now Jesus is taking us a step further and he's challenging us as followers to aspire to an abundant life which is beyond what the earth has to offer. Beyond the worldly rewards. Commanding us not to lay up treasures on earth where moth and dust destroy. Rust destroy. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 24. It reads, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So what is more valuable than money? Number one, it's wisdom. Number two, it's contentment. Number three, it's the word integrity. It's the word integrity. You may have heard of Bernard Madoff's Ponzi scheme. It cost 16,500 investors a total of $18 billion. In this world, integrity is at short supply. Whether we are talking about Ben Johnson, whether you're talking about Maradona's hand of God, whether you're talking about Lance Armstrong, integrity is in short supply. And it is in such a context that Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 3 is reminding us, it's telling us the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Let me share a true story. It's from our history. Take the case of the Great Wall of China. It was built during the ancient times. The country was building these great walls to protect itself from the barbaric attacks. 
The wall is beautiful. It's one of the seven wonders of the world. It is so high that no one can climb over it. The people were overjoyed when it was being built. It had strength. It had thickness. It made the people feel secure. But it was false security because history records that within the first hundred years of the Great Wall of China being built, China was invaded three times. And on each of those occasions, China was invaded because the gatekeeper who was standing at the gate was bribed and he opened the gate and he let the enemies in. If we don't have integrity, the security which we feel is all false. It's pretension. It's not rock solid. And that is why the Bible is telling us we need a life of integrity. We need a life of integrity that is backed by hard work and that is backed by honesty. So Proverbs tells us in chapter number 14, verse number 23, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 1, it reads, the Lord detests dishonest scales. But accurate weights find favor with him. There are other passages in the book of Proverbs. In the book of Proverbs, it encourages us to move away from ill-gotten gains. The book of Proverbs tells us not to exploit the poor. The book of Proverbs tells us not to gain food by lying tongues. It tells us not to covet our neighbor's property by moving an ancient boundary stone. It tells us again and again, it is the life of integrity. I believe Warren Buffett, the multi-billionaire, gets it right when he notes that everything does not come down to money. Everything is not about money. Warren Buffett says, basically when you get to my age, you'll measure your success in life by how many people actually do love you. If you get to my age and nobody thinks well of you, I don't care how big your bank balance is, your life is a disaster. So let me draw your attention to the last word in the notes. It's the word generosity. If you have not heard anything else this morning, listen to this, because I believe this is an encouragement for you. It is my prayer today that you will not only survive, but you will experience a new way in Jesus Christ. So I'm encouraging you today to look and consider the generosity of God. Look at the generosity of God as he gives to us this day our daily bread. That's how we pray, right? Lord, give to us this day our daily bread. Look to the generosity of God as he gives to us this day our daily bread. Look to the 12 baskets of leftover in the desert which Christ offered to the disciples. 12 baskets of leftovers in the desert. Let us look at the 180 gallons of wine surprising the wedding guests at Cana. Let us look at the 150 squirming fish, which is found in Peter's net. It is the generosity of God. Let's look at the generosity of God, where a whole herd of demons are released and are plunged into the sea. Let's look at the generosity of God, for it is Jairus' daughter and Lazarus who are alive. Let us look at the generosity of God, as children are welcomed into his arms. And then for all of us, Let's for a moment consider the generosity of God, which is true in our life, of those who know not what they do, becoming forgiven. Isn't that our story? It is the generosity of God. And it is from such a perspective of serving a generous God, a generous and a loving God, 
that we appreciate the appropriateness of the book of Proverbs in 21, verse number 26. It says, all day long he craves for more, but righteous give without sparing. Let me illustrate this for you. It's a true story. It's a story of John D. Rockefeller. John D. Rockefeller was the first billionaire. He was a founder of Standard Oil Company who did not wait until he became rich to become generous. He said, I would never have been able to tithe the first million dollars I ever made if I had not tithed my first salary. His first salary was $1.50 per week. As his wealth grew, so did his giving. He became a millionaire at the age of 23. Rockefeller became the first billionaire by the age of 50. He was the richest man who lived in USA. At the age of 53, his personal physician walked up to him and said, you are not going to live for more than a year. You are dying. Rockefeller one night got up from, from his sleep. He was having a bad dream. He was in that miserable time of his life when he realized that his life was not in control and that he was not going to take any of his success with him when he passed on. In the morning, he called the accountant and he called, he called the bookkeeper, he called the lawyers, he called everybody and he started a foundation. That foundation would channel his assets to hospitals and to research and to mission work. Rockefeller was a devout Baptist and he gave a lot to missions. Rockefeller spent the last 40 years of his life creating foundations that had a major impact on medicine, on education, and on scientific research. He gave $80 million to the University of Chicago, turning a small Baptist college into a world-class institution by 1900. Rockefeller called his family and he taught them that what we have inherited is given to us on a service basis. You're talking about 1900. In those days, he gave away more than $550 million during his lifetime. But the amazing part of the story is not that Rockefeller gave. The amazing part of the story is that when he started to give in this way, his body's chemistry was altered so significantly that he got better. Instead of dying at 53, he lived on to be 98. It's the generosity of God. We are called to give. But we are called to give from a realization that he first gave his son for us. He died so that we might live. He lives today so that we enjoy the gift of eternal life. That's the amazing giving. And the truth about giving is this. If you don't remember anything else this morning, remember this one sentence. We realize that the giving starts by first giving ourselves to God. You don't end up giving money or anything else. The giving, the truth about giving is that you first give yourself to God. We realize that we have been bought with a price and we are not our own. We come to realize, like Rockefeller, that all that we have in life, all that we enjoy is given as a loan from God. And it is from this heart of gratitude that we end up giving with a joyful heart. There is no grudging response as we learn to give what is not ours anyway. We learn to lean on God's promises. When the supply, when, when the wells of our riches dry up, we lean on God's promises because remember, it is the blessing of God which brings wealth. It's the undergirding for our life. 
We are never poor because God is with us. And so we give when we can. We celebrate what we have. We enjoy the loan from God. A few weeks back, pastor stood up and he presented to us a vision campaign. I love that. I love the emphasis of the vision campaign. It's a beautiful emphasis. The vision campaign is we are going to increase our connectivity so that we can help others find their way back to God. We have received something. We want to share it with others. We are going to increase the connectivity and we are going to help others find their way back to God. Then we called on partnership. We said, we can do it together. Let's raise $250,000 and that's, that's our vision and we are going to help others find their way back to God. I've got wonderful news to share with you. It is because of your generosity that we have raised a little more than 50% of this target. Thank you for giving. Thank you for being a partner as we try and help others find their way back to God. I know many of us donate regularly on Sunday morning. But as we come to a conclusion, as we draw the sermon to an end, I'm going to ask you to consider a sacrificial offering as an act of generosity. And allow me to present this idea through a story of a pig and a chicken. Both the pig and the chicken were walking through a poor section of the city. The chicken, sex, uh, the chicken looked at the pig and said, look at all these hungry people. Let's give them ham and, pi- and eggs for breakfast. The pig said, wait a minute, wait a minute. For you giving off an egg is a donation. For me giving ham is a sacrifice. I'm going to call our ushers right now to come and help us as we give his tithes and our offerings. But may I encourage you not only to give some eggs this morning, but a little bit of a ham towards the vision campaign as well. To God be the glory, let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. You have blessed our nation with immense wealth, immense opportunity. Lord, you have commanded us to honor you with our wealth, and I pray that you'll be honored greatly this day as we give to you what is already yours. Bless us as cheerful givers, and bless the tithes and the offerings that we bring to you in the spirit of generosity. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.